Hello and welcome to what promises to be another very exciting episode of the AAPIP podcasts. This is your host Udit Chara from the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. And today we have a big expert uh, who I am privileged to be in the presence of. Dr. Christian Rolfo uh, is a colleague, but he's also a professor of medicine and an associate director for clinical research in the Center for Thoracic Oncology at the Tisch Cancer Institute at Mount Sinai. Dr. Rolfo is also the president of the International Society of Liquid Biopsy, the ISLB, and the chair of the Education Committee at the IASLC. Today's topic of discussion will be on liquid biopsies and how it is relevant for us. And uh, with that, I would like to thank Dr. Rolfo for his time. Welcome, Christian. Thank you. Thank you, Deep, for for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. Christian, with regards to this topic, do you have any relevant conflicts of interest? Uh, no, I can send you also the, uh, you will see in my, in my, my website, in the website, my, my disclosure is completely, but I don't have a specifically any uh, conflict of interest for this. Okay, thank you. So with that, let's get started. So Christian, just as a brief introduction, what is a liquid biopsy? Okay, uh, there is several definitions. What we can say is a minimally invasive technology that is able to uh, use the circulating um, analysis in different fluids uh, that we have in, in the body and, and take from there different use. We are referring specifically generally for, for cancer, but we have also uses of liquid biopsy in other uh, diseases that are not oncological uh, situations. We are referring also to liquid biopsy to a group of uh, or a family of members that are including not only the circulating DNA or circulating tumor DNA in the case of uh, cancer, but also to the circulating cells, circulating tumor cells, exosomes or exocellular vesicles, platelets, lung coding, microRNAs, uh, cytokines, so several other uh, biomarkers that are in, in circulation. Generally, and in practicality, for uh, the patient use, we have um, the CT DNA, that is the circulating tumor DNA that we are using uh, from plasma. So with regards to lung cancer, what is the current utility of a liquid biopsy and what is the concordance of a serum liquid biopsy with, say, a good tissue biopsy and what factors affect this? That's a very good question. So uh, if, we, if we consider the journey of a patient, we can apply liquid biopsy from the very beginning uh, from a screening, actually, minimal residual disease and, and metastatic uh, disease. We was starting to collect all the data on liquid biopsy that is actually approved by FDA uh, in metastatic setting. And there we have uh, an utility, not only for uh, the determination of some of the mutations, driver alterations that we, we can uh, we can treat actually with the new drugs, but also the possibility to to monitoring them in the response, detecting minimal uh, in case of uh, resistance, some mechanism of resistance that are involved and, and tailor the treatment. Uh, in terms of the concordance and, and, and the, the, the quality of, of sample that we have that are similar for tissue, there are several studies that demonstrate that the uh, liquid biopsy have a very high concordance in terms of sensitivity and specificity uh, compare also with, with tissue. And, and some of the studies that we can mention here, for example, the NILE study, that is a study conducted in, in Canada, uh, was demonstrated that the 
the liquid biopsy when we are using actually alone is, is, is useful, but when we are using complementary approach, we get also an important increase of the uh, sensitivity of some of the alterations, specifically in targeted therapies. So just to clarify, when you say that there may be additive value, is this in comparison to a good tissue biopsy or are there scenarios where you may be able to detect a mutation on liquid biopsy that, you know, maybe let's say a small transbronchial biopsy or an EBUS may not be able to detect? That's a very good question. So the, the, the fact that liquid biopsy per se is uh, uh, actually we are talking about a, of blood first approach. We are considered that the liquid biopsy is able by itself uh, uh, to detect the alterations. Uh, that doesn't mean that we are replacing the biopsy, the tissue biopsy, because we are preferring to talk about the uh, complementary approach, because actually what we are doing with the tissue biopsy is capture a part of the tumor, but you are not taking information of the clonal evolution of or the heterogeneity that could be, and I'm referring to intratumoral, but also intrapatient heterogeneity. So getting the opportunity to get the, the in the liquid biopsy, all this information that is circulating is a, is a privilege. And also for monitoring actually, because we need to have a baseline uh, information to monitoring the patients over the time that we cannot actually repeat biopsies every uh, two, two, two months for see what happened in these patients. So the, the, the fact that it's possible to reproduce every time is very interesting. Obviously, in some of the cases when you have, and we are talking uh, in, in general for, for patients in first uh, diagnosis, if we have an, a good next generation sequencing done in tissue, uh, it's a big information that we will have and, and we can start a treatment with that. But we need to be also conscious that we have a uh, possibility to capture heterogeneity with the liquid biopsy and also the, the fact that we are having the results much, much more uh, quicker than that we have with the tissue biopsies. It's a, it's a factor that is also important. So again, one more point of clarification. So when you say monitoring, so when you get a liquid biopsy report, you are also getting a quantitative report of cell-free DNA, or is it just a qualitative report that you're looking at? Yeah, you have the, uh, the, the determination. So in case, for example, that you have an, a mutation, you have the mutation, the analysis of the mutation, the, the, where the directly the mutation is. So you have the raw data of that, but also you have commutations and you have from if any of the alteration that is in the in the sample, you have what we call a variant with allelic fraction. So this is the quantity of DNA that is present in the sample. So you will have an, a percentage there that is also very important when we want to monitoring in the in in the next uh, time point for liquid biopsy to see if it's a decrease or a clearance, for example, of some mutations. And we are using this kind of approach for. Uh, for patients who are, we want to see if there is a response because it's a surrogate, we, we can consider a surrogate for a progression-free survival and overall survival when we have this clearance of mutations during the treatment. So you're, you're testing it at the point of initial contact, you're testing it to monitor response, and you're testing it when you suspect progression of disease, correct? 
Yeah, generally there is uh, uh, is a suggestion. It's not what we everybody is doing, but it's it's really interesting to see and tailor the treatment, especially when you have progression of the response or progression of the treatment, and try to identify the mechanism of resistance. Uh, and, and and actually, we are trying to. There are several trials that are uh, explaining that there is actually some commercial. Uh, approvals for uh, for do this uh, response testing that is two samples when you are starting a TKI and even in some cases there are literature that we are supporting for immunotherapy uh, for uh, the monitoring of immunotherapy. I, I will say that here is a little bit more uh, difficult because we have other biomarkers and actually immunotherapy is a, is a, a landscape that we need still fulfilled with several biomarker research. So that is the, the, the part that is still difficult to apply, but for targeted therapies, it's very useful to have this information. And when you're testing for these, are you doing it uh, for squamous cell cancers as well? Yeah, so the, that is, is, you know, we have a lot of um, data from several years that we was only testing in non-squamous cell carcinoma. And, and all the data that we have generally are coming from that uh, series of patients. We don't need to forget that there are patients that are uh, squamous cell carcinoma and can have, even if they are a smoker, they can have some alterations. So it's important that we are testing all the patients actually because we are not only referring to the biomarkers that are the traditional ones uh, in, in, in treatment for lung cancer, but we can have also agnostic uh, biomarker for, for different tumors, like for example, NTRAC fusions uh, that are uh, across different tumors, and we can have a very good response rate with new, uh, new drugs. So it's important that we test the patients. That's fantastic. So again, in the next about, let's say five to 10 years, what strides do you think liquid biopsy is going to make and what's going to change? I mean, is it going to replace tissue biopsies? Is there going to be a role in uh, lung cancer screening? Yeah, I think we will not be able to completely replace a tissue because it's, it's important information. But what we are uh, aiming to do and is, is a reality already is the complementary approach. For the future, I think, uh, and we have data already in minimal residual disease that is in a very fascinating area for liquid biopsy because uh, identifying patients after surgery that are responding or even in neoadjuvant situations that we have and the possibility to see which patients are really responding beyond the images uh, and have also a, a possibility to, to track this recurrence over the time is, is very important. There are several uh, methods here. We have two more informed, two more uninformed approach. And in terms of the screening, we have also uh, some commercial available uh, opportunities, still uh, not completely FDA approved, but. Uh, there is an uh, important interest there. We can use different technologies since uh, going from methylation to fragmentomics and using other uh, omics like metabolomics, proteomics that will be complementing uh, the opportunity to, cut, to capture these patients. Actually, we are, we are now discussing, do we need to have something that is only complementary to the low dose CT scan screening or we need to have also some methods that per se are able to detect patients with a high risk population. And that is especially applicable in, in, in countries that we don't have uh, a screening program. So 
the future is already fascinating. And we saw recently last week, and I had the opportunity to do a comment in cancer research about a paper that was published by the group of Maximilian Dean on the uh, genotyping and actually using for early detection, not only metastatic, but also for early detection, patients who have bronchial level, uh, so BAL, so uh, bronchoalveolar levels, and doing from there uh, the analysis is, is really fascinating. So we, we will expand in the potential application of liquid biopsy in the, ne in the near future, but uh, it's currently approved. We can use it. We, we need to use it actually, because it's a, it's a good way to, to, to have all the information and monitoring our patients over the time. So as of today, though, for uh, I, uh, is there any utility in liquid biopsies for a, from a diagnostic perspective? So let's say somebody has a two-centimeter lung nodule that has a non-diagnostic bronchoscopy. Is there any utility in, in a sort of suggestive liquid biopsy report saying that this could be cancer and it could be taken out without a second biopsy? Yeah, so the, this is a question that I think we have every week on the on the tumor board. No, we have these cases that are very difficult to to go for biopsy, and we see that there is a nodule there that we cannot capture, but is still growing over the time. So, what I can do for this kind of nodules? And there are technologies that are doing that. Actually, uh, there was published recently in uh, uh, by a group of in analysis of oncology by a group of uh, uh, UK uh, an experience of patients that they were doing in a uh, I would say in a clinical evidence of cancer of lung cancer they were doing before the biopsy the liquid biopsy to try to capture information I was actually very surprising the data that they got. So it's still not clinical practice, but I think liquid biopsy will play an important role there. We have new technology for early detection and for detection in integrating not only the liquid biopsy, but also, for example, radiomics uh, to liquid biopsy. And I think this is something that we will hear more and more in the, in the near future. So to summarize, you, you don't think it's going to completely replace tissue biopsies, there will be a complementary approach, accuracy will get better, and there may be a role in screening, there may be a role in utilizing liquid biopsies in fluid where cell-free DNA may be obtained in higher concentration like uh, BAL fluid. Is that correct to say? So I, I say that the complementary approach is a reality. Uh, I think the accuracy is not a problem for liquid biopsy right now. Uh, we have a, a very high concordance with tissue and actually several studies demonstrate that. Uh, so what we are working right now is to get uh, trials that are answering all the questions that we have in minimal residual disease that I think is the, is the exclusive scenario for liquid biopsy and the early detection as well. So uh, that's our more or less the conclusions. Perfect. Thank you so much, Kristen. This has been fantastic. Is there anything else you would like to add? No, thank you so much. And I, I, I appreciate it. I think that it's, it's good to have this conversation with your uh, peers in, in specifically oncologists. We are much aware, but it's important also to have all the team care that is treating lung cancer uh, to use these technologies. Uh, and, and, and we are here to, to help. The molecular tumor boards are really important in, the, in, in institutions. And, and I think it's a, it's a brilliant future for, for our patients using these technologies. 
Absolutely. Very exciting space. Looking forward to more research in the future. And I've learned a lot from this and I'm sure our audience will, will feel the same. Thank you for your time, Christian. Thank you. Thank you for your time.